Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, peace and love y'all, it's your girl Melanie Charles, aka Jazz Girl, and it's your girl Uni Mojica, aka Uni Mo, and welcome back to Make Make Jazz 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 Podcast, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) okay, togetherness, yes, so Uni, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling tired, it's been a long week. I think it's been a long week for everyone. Oh, yes. (laughs) Anyone that is in jazz, anyone that is in the music space, the arts presenting space, just because of uh, the time of year when it's APAP and Winter Jazz Fest and now Unity Fest and all those things and everyone's in town and you got to see and make all the gigs and do all the things. So, yeah, tired. Yeah. Yeah, we're very tired. But, you know, I think around this time every year it gets really tiring and overwhelming when a jazz fest is like 10,000 of your favorite musicians from all over the world (laughs) at one time ready set go go (laughs) Ah! (laughs) yes and then anyone you know out of town is here too and everyone's oh let's meet everyone wants to meet and you're like dude i don't have the time and then they're mad (laughs) And then you're like, just meet me at this set. And then you don't see them because it's packed. Yeah. Oy vey. But I must say, I had a really good time overall. Um, I really didn't get to see too many acts. I saw Zacchaeus Paul. Um, I saw Morgan playing with Zach. Um, but oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to see. That was really great. It was for the Candid Showcase, um, which was really cool. Um, Candid Records, they're like doing a whole renewal of their roster. And they got some really great artists. Morgan is signed to them. Milena Casado is signed to them. And the A&R is Terry Lynn Carrington. Yes, we love Terry oh, Lynn. Oh, I didn't know this. this is yes. Great. Yeah, it's I'm really cool. that He's getting out there more as a band leader. Yes. That's, That's necessary. Yeah, his voice is so amazing. And like every time he like opens his mouth, you could just feel the audience like... <gasps> be shocked you know because you don't expect that from you know it's just like what is what's about to happen so that's cool shout out to zach he's also a newer member of the mjta team yeah yeah new team new year new year new team (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah he's been like getting our our marketing and social media together so if you guys have been following our instagram make jazz chill again official if you're not following, following it now. Follow it now. And we yes. be sharing Maggie's stuff or whatever. We be talking about, you know, cute little jazz facts. We be sharing all the dope music that's happening in our community. And not just all the, like, cool, popular kids, but the kids that you probably don't know, but that are doing really cool The things. ones to watch. The ones to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Uni, how was your... I know we d- we don't want to talk too much about about this past week because there's season. so much more to talk about. But um, how was your, your APAP winter jazz feel? It was good. It was good. We started out with our little mixer for summer stage. And um, then I went to Jazz Lincoln Center's new Unity Fest, which is really cool. They opened up the entire hall. Um so I got to see a couple of groups perform Scatter the Atoms. Oh, I love Marvel. Scatter the Atoms. I love yeah. Scatter the Atoms. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Isaiah Collier was a guest. So was um, oh, yes. Billy Harper. And 
trumpet play. I, f- I forget. So uh, don't kill me. But another elder statesman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was really great. Um, and Dia played with her band. Um, yes, Kepin the cookout. Quele. Yes. And nice. there's this new vocalist, if you haven't heard of her, Kepin Quele. I hope I'm saying her name right. Right. Um, she's often sings with India as well um, in her band, and she's making her her moves as a a new premier vocalist. So oh, nice! That, that was nice to see. Oh, cool. Um, who else? Oh, uh, Sondido Solar, which is um, the Curtis Brothers' new group. And oh, nice! That was great. So where, Latin jazz vibes. They were um they were in the Unity Unity Fest. They kind of opened it up. And before that was Jazz Congress. And oh, that Unity was like a family reunion. Oh my God. Right. right. This whole week has been a family reunion. It's like a massive family reunion. Yeah. And then I did a panel discussion on jazz media, um, which was really great. And I represented Make Jazz Children and Summer Stage. Yeah. And yes. And uh Angelica Beaner was there too. She was on the panel. About her podcast, Milestones. Fire. Incredible. Fire. So we, we were holding it down for the ladies. Yeah. And um, Giles Peterson was there as well. And nice. then there were two other guys that I had met for the first time. And their names are uh, Matt Flieger from Por- uh, Radio Station in Portland, KMHD. And Leo Sidron, who's another podcaster uh, on the WBGO platform, um, The Third Story. So shout out to the podcasters. Wow, that was really dank. Yeah. I hope that um, we can hear it. Like, we'd love to, like, put that out. Yes. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the goal. We'll, we'll see if, if all agree. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I have to say shout out to Mark DeClivelo and Shigeto. We we also played together at Winter Jazz Fest at Superior Ingredients. It was a packed room. I was very, very, very surprised. And um I'm not. You always bring people out. What? Know, girl, you know, I'm always <laughs> like, is one person gonna come? At least if one person comes, that's okay for me. That's I'm always shocked <laughs> when there's people. Um but yeah, like it was so crazy. We barely even got to talk through our set list. We just showed up and played and it was fun because we've been doing that so much. We're like locked in, you know, we're just, it's like an unspoken communication that we have. So that was cool. Shout out to them. Yes. But moving oh, oh, on. I do got to shout out Sonic Messengers too. Yes. Public that records. Shout out. We started our new residency. So keep an eye out on that for 2024. Nice. We were locked. You said locked in. We showed up. We had a great sound check, so we we locked in from top to bottom, and it was it was amazing. Chanel Johns, Ace Mo, GBD. Oh, the original gangsters, the the, 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 the super group, <laughs> the A team, the A team. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we tried to pull up and listen. When I tell you, my feet was swollen, child, from being on my feet all day. We literally drove up to Public Records, and we all were like. <laughs> we can't do it I'm tired (laughs) (laughs) then I realized we should have called you out to like come say hi at least but we we oh I wouldn't have been able to do that I was in it you was was blowing that horn Zach (laughs) Zach found some videos online of you from that night and we were and I was like damn so anyway we gotta come to the next one you know it's all good you were just saying like oh people be bad that 
that like the link doesn't happen. I don't think anyone's really mad because everybody knows that it's it takes a lot of effort. Well, that's to, why I love you, Uni. Do all the thing. You're very patient and understanding in that way. Some people they be getting offended. It's like, bruh, I'm busy, bruh. There's mad stuff going on. I'll see you next time. I still love you. <laughs> you know? Yes, just tell me when the next one is. That's why you just gotta keep telling people even if they don't come but, to, to the invitation. 2024, let's all give our friends space if they cannot come to the things and have faith that they love us and nothing has changed, okay? That's our new goal for 2024, guys. Amen. Yes, <laughs> period. Talk, talking about space, uh, we got to keep it. No, it's not. It's not funny. Um, Jonathan Major's <laughs> meme that I sent you of him walking with Coretta Scott King. Oh, my God. The internet's be internetting. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. Why? It's why funny. was his hoodie tucked into his pants though? I think what, he's trying to do his own thing. Like he's like, you know, I'm on this type of time. I'm not mad. I'm not mad, Jonathan Majors. But you know, um, I don't know if anyone's been following any of our listeners. I, I wonder, like, what kind of stuff you guys are listening to. Comment on our gram and let us know. Are you follow up on pop culture? Are you interested in pop culture commentary from us? Um, but yeah, Jonathan Majors, wonderful actor, um, that got into some trouble um a few weeks ago. And I think when we were planning on talking about this, he had just gone through with his court case and he was found. Uh, guilty for some things and not guilty of others. I don't really have all the details in front of me, but what it's making me wonder, how do we feel about the personality versus the art? How important is people's transgressions, their flaws? How does that affect how we interact with the art that they do? Yeah, I feel, I, personally, I feel like it's, it's case by case and person to person because sometimes some situations can be triggering for somebody. They've gone through a similar experience, so they can't. If the mm. the thing, if if the flaw directly has impacted their life in, circumstantially, then I can understand that person being like, "I can't because I don't align with said th- yeah. said flaw," you yeah. know. Um, and so for some people it might be different. So they're able to set aside certain things um, because they're so deeply connected to the their art form and their output that it's something that they're willing to, maybe maybe it's forgive or maybe to overlook or maybe to understand that, every, that humans are flawed and we, we all fall short. So I think yeah. it's a sliding scale. And it's it's person to person and preference to preference. In this in this case in particular, it's like really sad and hard to see because I hate when I see black men fall. Like it's 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 like the it constantly happens. They constantly get attacked, and when it happens, it's just like damn, another one. Because we're we are not e- we're not equal in society. We're like fighting ten times harder. So when someone at the top yep. falls, it's just like, damn. Well, it makes me think about that episode that we did with Raynell. We're talking about like ethics of like mm-hmm. an organization and stuff. Because when I was asking the question, I was also really thinking about like employees and like how he's like lost some employers and how he's lost so much work. And like, it's tough because I think that what 
we would like to think that these brands and and companies and 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 film houses are ethics are why they are not giving are like fired him from his work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We would like yeah. to think that it's because of ethics and not just because they just don't want to be involved with a flawed human being. You know, right. and yet, but then there's also like if if you're toxic and you mess up, then then that person does need to be removed. You know, or then it's like then the whole topic of cancellation comes into play and all of those things. And yeah, you're right. That the conversation we had with Raynell is like, does your output reflect what you who you say you are? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have to work to do when we all need to be better, but the truth is everyone's horrible. And before the internet, people were doing crazy things and we just didn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. So now that and, we know, it's like, eh, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's a blessing. Account- right. And it, then there's accountability too. There's there, accountability right? now. There's more accountability. So I guess that's it. Yeah, the Libra in me is like, oh, yeah, uh, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> But we pray that Jonathan Majors um, gets the healing that he needs. Everyone involved gets the healing that he needs, that they need, and that he can come back and do what he does best. So that's my um, hope. Yeah, that yeah. was that was upsetting. That was upsetting. Well, we we just came off of the legs of some really fun stuff in basketball. Are we ready for Uni Sports Minute? <laughs> quick minute because i'm not an expert i'm a fan and i'm also a newbie too at the same time so but um yes i do follow the nba and i love basketball and i'm a nick fan and i'm oh i'm also rocket you can't y'all can't see me but i'm wearing my WNBA hoodie so i love it <laughs> and okay so basketball season started in october as it usually does and the nba brought in a new um ploy I hate to use the word ploy but I'm using the word ploy mm-hmm. um in season tournament which was a tournament that they placed in the beginning of the season to engage players and fans collectively fans um got to see play the players like work a little bit harder um play a little bit harder play with more passion and the the players were um fighting for that their the title um of the tournament and also um there's money there it was there was money prize attached to it so if yes. you won the tournament you got you 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 got a check we love <laughs> a money prize yeah so there's incentive because a lot of times in the beginning of the season you might see the star players like sitting out more like there isn't as much like passion behind and fire yeah. behind trying to win you usually see the the better um, half of basketball after the all-star break, which is coming up soon. Okay. Um, so after all-star break, then, then that's when people start getting down and dirty. And a lot of times at the beginning of the season, they might, um, not do that because they want to not get injured right away or, and then, and they want to save their star players a little bit more, but they also are like trying to build their stats. So I think we, I think we might see at the end of the season stats, player stats being higher than usual in terms of shooting and rebounding and things like that because they went harder in the beginning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think, I think it was successful and I'm, I'm excited to see like the, the end result at the end of the season. Um, And then trading Mm -hmm. has been happening. I'm a Knicks fan. Two players on the Knicks got traded. RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, which RJ Barrett, 
started out as Nick as a rookie. He was like a pride. He was part of the family. So a lot of people were really sad to see him go. And Emmanuel Cookley has just been such a great guard. And so seeing them depart was really hard for a lot of Knicks fans. Who are they going to play with now? Now they're on um, the Raptors, which is RJ Barrett's from Canada. So hometown for him. Okay. But it was a very quick um, healing process because as soon as we ended up getting OG Antonobi, hope I'm saying his last name right. And as soon as he got on the team, they had a winning streak of like, four or five games <laughs> and they look totally different everybody's playing even better now wow. so we have big fans happy <laughs> okay hello sometimes new energy is really important same th- especially even in music too i you know you know you know uni i love comparing basketball to jazz that's like my thing and um i see so many parallels and sometimes we get used to a certain combination of musicians or a certain combination of players but Sometimes just one little fresh piece of energy can really change up the whole vibe. So shout out to band. That. Yeah, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes, like in rehearsals or no. or in this case, um, practice or locker room energy or mm-hmm. whatever. That that couple pieces move around, and then all of a sudden the band is on fire. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I love so, that. Yes. Well, does that conclude um, Uni's? Wait, Trill Trill Sports Minute? Trill Sports Minute. Well, I wonder if that wasn't a minute. I think that was a minute. So we need like next I'm I'm gonna be um playing around with Riverside, which is an a podcast um recording software for our next episode, by the way. And apparently you can trigger like sounds within the episode. So next time when we do uni minute, we'll it'll be like dun 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 dun. Okay. Um, what else is oh we wanted to shout out Tyreek McDowell for yes. winning the Sarah Vaughn Sassy Awards. Yes, for 2023. <laughs> the last winner was Samara Joy. Shout out to Samara Joy. So um Tyreek is definitely in really good company. Mm-hmm. And um he's doing some really great things. He's running a jam session now at what is it, Dizzy's? Yeah, at Dizzy's Club. Mm-hmm. And I from the last last one I was working there, late night was on Thursdays. Late night jam session was on Thursdays. So was it Thursdays? Yeah, it was. So I don't know what it is now. I'm sure you can go to their website, jazz.org, to find out when late night sessions are and the yeah. jam session in particular. Because there's all it's always just one night and then whatever late whatever the band is 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 there for like either the week or a couple of days. Right. So I'm assuming it's one night. Right. I'm gonna try to make it out. Also, um okay, here it is. I was trying to put up. Yep, it's Thursday. You're right. Come on, memory. Yes. Hey. yes. So make sure you make sure you guys catch Tyreek uh disease on Thursdays starting at midnight. Right? For all the late night folks. But you know, that's the musician's hour. Oh yeah. So after your gigs, you know what I mean? We all need a late night hang. Um, there's another jam happening, Trill Mega Jam. Coming up at the end of the month, the last Saturday of the month, January 27th. It's going to be great. Those of you who came to catch us at Break Jazz Fest, you already know the vibes. It was packed. Great energy. Amazing musicians. The thing about the Chill Mega Jam is every, anything goes, okay? If you want to tip, if you want to play a ballad, 
If you want to loop, if you want to sample, if you want to play with the DJ, it's okay. This is where all ideas come to live and thrive. So make sure you guys save the date. It's going to be at Williamsburg Music Center, Saturday, January 27th. Creation, connection, and elevation. That's oh, all yes. we want at the museum. Yes, yes, that's all we want. Um, Uni, um, what have you been listening to? I'm so curious what you've been listening to. What's what's been on oh. your Spotify? What's my what's my trail tracks? What's your trail tracks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been like preparing for a gig that I have coming up in February. Okay, Good plug. Nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, February 28th on a Wednesday at 333 Lounge, which our brother Jonathan Michelle has been curating on Flatbush in Brooklyn. I went right last Brooklyn. week. It was amazing. It like it was so it felt like old Brooklyn, you know, like mm, good yes. energy, freshness, excitement, a lot of musicians and a lot of non-musicians. I okay. love that when like normal people come. Yes, me too. Because I don't like playing in a group of music. I, I don't want to play for a room full of musicians. It feels like I a recital and I don't want to do a recital. I'm feeling judged. Like you're <laughs> listening. You're not listening to my message. You're listening to no. every single note dissecting. At least that's what's going on in my mind. You know, <sighs> that's the narrative in my head, at least. Well, I want to talk more about jam session culture a little bit, but I want you to, to talk more about what's been on your Spotify. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're preparing, so, on your, you're preparing yeah. for your gig in February and and trying to get, get inspo. So I'm pulling from all types of things, mm-hmm. but the, my trail track is, um, it's the, the song is called a uh, solid plan. Okay. Solid plan by the rapper, hip hop artist, Larry June and action Brunson is on the track and mm. it is, um, Produced by the Alchemist. Oh, dope! And it's 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 dope. It's got like a nice. Um, uh, it's got the jazz in the background for sure. Um, but I'd say the, the jazz sound it would be like seventies psychedelic acid jazz. Ooh, okay. Yeah, can I pull that up on my? Let me that, save that. Yeah, that track and the, but that overall album. So that's that's what. And then I've been listening to some Sade, Sade lately. Nice. Yeah, I've uh, and you know we all know her classics and everything, but mm-hmm. she has so many other songs that are um beautifully shaped and like not your typical song form yeah that i'm realizing yes when i listen to her but and and the way her voice her voice isn't like in your face either so yeah and i've been really trying to learn a lot from her and then the internet that's what i've been listening to oh yeah nice okay yes girl that bass line so good yes Oh, yo y'all the internet that yeah they're they're great they're, they're in your ears you don't even realize like yeah they members of that band had a lot to do with beyonce's renaissance album so mm. just leave that right here okay btw <laughs> 
Um, well, that's that's so funny. I've I've been listening to a lot of Sade too. That's crazy. I don't know, maybe because it's like it's cold outside and you want to get warm and cozy with Sade. And yes. it's interesting you talk about arrangement because I too was paying a, like noticed more about the arrangements this time this like lately than I have in the past. It's really cool how music hits us different at different moments in our lives, you know, as we get older, uh, as we're in love, when we're out of love, like just different things make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, wow, like, which one is it? Um, Surely you want me back. Dun, dun, gum, 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 gum. Which one is that? Oh, I don't know that one. Wait, yeah, sing, sing more the lyrics. That's the bridge. I don't, see, that's also good. Just so you know, I'm a nerd. Like, I don't remember the first verse. I remember the bridge. Like, what remember is, the is it a crime? Is it a crime? Yes. I was like, yo, this is a tune. Like, Listen. it's like a standard. And then, like, there's a section, like, where they go into the swing. And I was thinking, ah, there's no kick drum. That's why, like the swing in this context isn't annoying or corny because you know when it's subtle because when you go suddenly to like a swing sometimes it's like okay bro like it's like too much like (laughs) right sometimes i want that sometimes you know but she just had they just had the upper elements of the swing feeling and then it was just like okay so you still had the bounce of like the rest of the track under there so yeah i'm producing my album right now i'm trying to you know get it done so i too am in a place of seeking inspiration but normally i don't like to listen to other things while i'm working on an album because i don't want any like influences and I want to make sure that I really have my own voice but I feel like Mm. at this point I do have my own voice and now I'm interested in expanding and like developing even more language by what my peers and other people are saying so it's an interesting place to be in I've also been listening to Omar are you are you hip to Omar Lifeuk Oh, no. Yeah. He's one of my favorite <laughs> musicians of all time. He, um, There's an interview of, of Stevie Wonder saying that when he gets older, he wants to be like Omar Lifeuk. Omar was like really big in like the late 90s, early 2000s, but like has always been big in like the dance house world. Oh, my God. I saw him wow, live last me. year. Not knowing who that is, it's okay. There's so much happening. He's a UK guy, so you know UK people. Um, you, you sometimes you you don't catch it. We don't mm-hmm. catch that sometimes. But yeah, been listening to some Omar. I recommend you guys listen to listen to him. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I've been listening to Pink Panthers on repeat. Oh wait, what's what's her song then? The, the song. boy's a liar. The boy's a liar. He doesn't see ya. Um, you know, I love that song. That 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 um that melody right there is why I like that song. It's a gorgeous melody. It is. And I, I didn't know what she was saying I said, the whole time. I, I would know. be like, was a Liam. I, I she was saying I didn't know what she was saying either. And then I was like, one day I was like, let me Google it. And now I'm obsessed and I'm learning what's her name's rap. Like I almost got the rap down perfect. I spice. I spice. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I need to write a song like this. <laughs> that's of new york (laughs) for real very new york (laughs) i love it i do like that too yeah 
Um, well, also what came out at the end of last year was Andre 3000's album. Mm-hmm. Are we still talking about that or, or, or are the streets over it? Like where I, I feel like it, the first week it came out, everybody was like, oh my God. And now people are like, eh. Yes. You should have rapped. All the hip hop heads were like, either they were like, what is this? Or yeah. I, I heard a couple of different opinions. Like I heard um, a Jada Kiss comment on it. And that was really interesting how he understands that, you know, sometimes the shits gets gold, yeah. you know, and he was just seeking inspiration or, and just going with where he will, he was. And yeah. that he, at his age, he felt like he couldn't, he didn't have anything to say or get off his chest. But Jadakiss was like, it's the same age. And he was like, I still got a lot to say. And I still got a lot to get off my chest. So, there's that, and and some people respect it as artists because at the end of the day, he, as uh as a rapper, he sat- satisfied all of our uh what's our stomachs. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's some people that feel like that. Like, who cares? He's an artist; he can do whatever he wants. Absolutely, like, he doesn't owe anything to anybody. He doesn't. Um, and then there's the you know some some purists like like we have hip-hop police as, as we have jazz police so mm-hmm. yes we do yes we do <laughs> so some people didn't, wasn't wasn't rocking with it you know but then the musicians people like us like personally i'm rock i rock with it I, I love that he's um straddled different genres and picked up an instrument as well like that's 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 dope yeah i think what that's your takes? i think it's really cool i think that the seriousness of jazz, like the the birth of jazz school has really killed um, a lot of our spirits, our hearts, the way we interact with Black American music. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes me really sad, you know? Um, I have a lot of musician friends that were like, People been have been recording avant-garde flu and free flu albums just because it's Andre three thousand. Now everybody wanna, you know, like people have come there or he don't really play flu. He don't even know what he's doing. He shouldn't be like, mm. and, and like wow, like this is art. Like who are and we? they're saying like oh just because he's Andre three thousand he he's gonna get all the yeah, listens and 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 steal away from other people which is like to me that's absolutely ridiculous he he's a whole person he he could do whatever he want whatever he wants just like you could do whatever you want you know I mean he's an artist and that's you the know? thing it's like when did we ruin art so bad that people feel like they have even the authority to articulate when someone should make art. Or who's mm. who's qualified to make art? It's kind of crazy when you think it about it. Crazy. And like, it crazy. only in jazz do people do that. And like visual art or whatever, like you do what you, you just do your shit, you do your thing, and like whatever. I think jazz is the only one where people feel like you have to have like some kind of like <laughs> credentials. <laughs> credentials. Give me a break. That's and that's the stuff that that that's the stuff that bothers us. Yeah, and you know, I he has been on this journey for a while, actually. So it didn't really surprise me that he took this pivot because they were, but even way before the pandemic, a couple of years ago, he was in Michiko's practicing with a bass clarinet. 
Man, people. So, like, what are you like? He's been, that, he's, he's been practicing all over the place in all kinds of parks, trying to get inspiration. People have spotted him many times. There are receipts that the man have been working on the flute. Secondly, the man is a multi instrument. He explores instruments. Like, I remember hearing mad random albums and, and being and realizing that's him on guitar or that's him on this thing. Like, he that's his thing. He likes to explore and. I'm, I'm yeah, like, and he, he did my favorite things on Love Below. So right, he's been on this jazz jazz tip he's for a long this, time. He's been so. exploring, and it's just it's, it's inspiring me to like go back to that place. You know, I feel like I've lost that exploring. I remember like when I didn't know a piece of gear, like when I didn't understand the SPs as much. Is when I made my favorite project, The Girl with the Green Shoes. Why? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't going into it like, yes, I know this, I know this. I'm gonna make it do this. I'm gonna make it do that. I was exploring and traveling with the piece. So shout out to Andre Three Thousand for yet again inspiring many of us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Color purple. Did you see it yet? I saw it last night. Yes. <laughs> I've heard several takes. Some people was not fucking with it. It's so good. I, I loved it. Loved it. I, I was crying like a baby. I was crying. I cried on I'm here because like that song is just like the most beautiful song. The last one that Fantasia does. Fantasia. Yes. That. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, from there onward, it was just like, by the time we got to the last scene, I was like, can y'all stop? Cause I don't want to go. I was waiting for the, her African son to say mama, but he didn't say it. The girl said it though. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, shout out to those of us who like were waiting for all the things from the first color purple because I definitely was brushed up. Oh my, oh, my god! <laughs> yeah, well, was like yeah, and we're like there it is. Or when it when um when Silly was like, before you do right by me, everything you touch, like she did the finger curl, and I was like, yo, yes, ah. Oh. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And I'm glad it, I didn't know it was a musical until like, I think a little bit prior to I went. So I was like, I was like, oh, it's, it's the musical. It's not a remake. And that piece you have to understand before you even get there. Because if you don't expect that, you're going to be like, what the hell's going on? And you're going to look at it, watch it with judging eyes. Instead, like, know that it's a musical and the music is incredible the music is incredible i like the techno the producer in me was like okay wow they recorded this really well like mm. the music production is great the arranging i feel like they really honored the original arrangements while updating them in a really tasty way did you see it because you, you saw it on broadway did you see it on broadway <sighs> did i ever see i never saw it on broadway i don't know well i but like i've I've just, I think I've listened to the album many times. I've like sung a couple of songs from the musical to audition back when I was doing musical theater stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, girl. Yeah. So I have a very close relationship with the music of it, you know? So, yeah. Who did you go see with? I went with Zach. Zach? Yeah. I went with Raynell. Oh, Raynell. She loved it. She loved it. I looked at her and we were both crying like, 
girl it was it was really a tearjerker but you know me you know the like the messy in me the 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 researcher in me was like let's let me understand why things are the way they are first of all the color purple is not showing in all theaters i don't know if you noticed that oh it's not it was very difficult to find theaters that were showing it so then I'm like, okay, let me find out why. Because I know certain films, depending on like their budget, like they can't afford to get it everywhere. Did you know that a movie theater and a film and like the film house have to have a door split? Well, that makes sense. Bruh, I didn't know that, bro. Yeah, because that's how they make their money off of, yeah, because it's ticket sales. Yeah. That's that, why like, oh, this broke box office and this movie made said million dollars right it never it never occurred to me that okay adore it seems it seems so like (laughs) like, i know it's like like a gig i'm like oh so it's a gig for (laughs) y'all like me oh yeah there's well yeah yeah i mean like there's also door deals with like msg (laughs) (laughs) you get a flat rate and then you you get right right whatever that that was interesting that's so funny (laughs) that is funny you know what i mean i was like what 50 50 i'm not 80 no but um so that was interesting. And apparently they were saying that like the color purple is viewed as a, like a limited audience, like a, basically it's a black movie that's drawing black audiences and that, you know, the numbers are already not expected to do that well because it's sort of like niched um, in a way uh, that I didn't realize. I mean, that's kind of true. And I didn't, think of that in relation to how the the movie would do a lot of people are saying that Taraji really kind of ruined the promo of it by complaining or by by expressing the realities behind the pay gap for black women in in film and tv and entertainment um I would think that it would at least get our people out to come to go and check it out even more. Well, that's what I think. That's also so all the stuff that I'm talking about is all in this New York Times article that came out. And they predicted that after all of this press, however, that finally the numbers will go up. Because in the first week, I think it, it cost them fifty five mil to make the movie. And in the first week they only made seven mil. So oh, I was like, wow. okay, so they barely broke even, um, but they're expected to catch up um, soon. But I say that all this to say that yesterday it was packed with black people. Yes. It was like it was like not that many seats available. So I was like, aha, it's true what they say. There's no such thing as bad press. Mm. <laughs> and if you're listening to this. Go watch the color purple. Go watch the color purple and see if Taraji was right, and see 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 if you can understand even more what what Taraji was talking about. Yeah, that was that was such an interesting point. I had seen the movie before that had 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 bubbled up, you know. Oh, and it was interesting to see the reactions from like like Vivica Fox responded quickly, like on the street with like paparazzi coming at her do we still call it paparazzi i don't know and then oprah had had a a response too well vivica's vivica fox's response was like well i'm good to each his own which was like kind of unfortunate in my mind like like let's let's come together and support me like or like you know i guess that's her truth though so i don't know and then oprah disagreed and she's um oprah said she was, why am she was i like, this 
She said, why is, am I, is my name in this conversation? Yeah, because she, cause she was like, oh, Warner Brothers manages the budget and um, you and your team are responsible for negotiating your fee. And I and she was like, I did whatever I can. Like when things came to me, I did what I, what I could to change things around and make sure everyone was happy and everyone was good and, and everything like that. So I don't I don't like her answer. I thought it was very was, I thought it was um I thought she was gaslighting. I don't like that. Because Oprah, you have all the power, ma'am. You are the first name listed as a producer, which means that you mm-hmm. have probably have the most power of production. You were involved in the original. It's it's, it's like your name is all over the thing. You all up in the music videos like Diddy. You all in the promo run. Okay, girl, you have so much power to say, why am I? And the thing is, if that was her truth, she should be saying that she should be having a conversation with Taraji, not in public, because that looks bad. It looks like we're not united. Exactly. It's just not that that was just not it. Like, I, well, what she said might be could be could very much be true, because I've I'm on both sides of things many times and right. some and. And while this, what I'm about to say might not be the best thing to say, but you do have to negotiate your, your team, like with your team and you do have to make sure like when you say yes, that you are good so that you, when you do start things, you're, you're in a good space. Well, I mean, I, I don't doubt that. I think that that's, that wasn't a necessary thing to say because I'm sure Taraji's team negotiated and I'm sure that they got the max that like they pushed and pushed and they landed on a number. She probably wasn't happy with the number, but she was Mm -hmm. like, I want to do color purple, you know? And that happened so many times. It's like a really beautiful opportunity. And oftentimes Mm. that's why they pay you so low because they know everybody wants to play that role. So it's like, look, this is what we got. Either you want to do it or not. You know, and she was like, okay, I want to do it, but I'm not going to stay quiet about it. I mean, Anjanu Ellis did the same thing. And I'm glad she did say something because that's how things change. That's how things change. Because there is the reality, like there is a reality of budget for, for like where things are. Like if the money just isn't there to support the film, like you can't can't get done. Right. You know, so. I think it's important to do like. Well, it's important to do research and know like when there's when there's money in a project and when there's not. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. like you call people for a gig and you're like, "Bro, there is no money. This is what I have to offer." Like, uh, I feel like a smart person will do their research or just try to understand if truly this is a thing with no money, and then not right. harp on, "Well, I need this," because bro, the money ain't there. Now it's more like. Where is your heart? Are you interested in being a, a part of this project? Is this something that you want to invest your time and your energy in? Everything ain't about money. And I'm not applying this to the color purple thing. You know what I mean? Because right, everything's going back to the music. That they had it. Money. Exactly. I'm talking about like gigs, like musicians, and like also knowing when there is money some somewhere. Like if someone calls mm-hmm. you for a gig, they might have a crazy budget. They might be connected to something and you because you don't you didn't even look. You didn't even think to Google who it is or see what's going on or even ask the right questions. You end up lowballing yourself and then you on the gig mad because you found right. out that the person next to you got paid two times more than you exactly. got paid. Exactly. So it's important to exactly. know. And that's, and that's if anyone wants to help make that change and you're not a musician, you're not an actor, you're not in, you're not a producer and you don't have a say, you have to show up. Mm-hmm. You have to, because that at the end of the day, like you have to show up to your favorite artists' gigs because yeah. the venue is looking at how many people are showing up to this. Is this successful? And then I'm going to pay pay you more. 
like that's where the power is. Like the audience has so much power. Oh, and I don't think people realize you have to show up to the movie. You have to show up to the you performance. Have to you have to show up for the album. You have to buy the album. You have to, you have to do all of those things if you want to see that artist get paid what they are, what they deserve. Another thing though that comes to mind about when it comes to where does this money come from is that as a society, we've lost the importance of arts and culture to our communities and our livelihood and our health and well-being. Like back in the day, Mozart, I keep talking about this now because I've been really researching um, the history of patronage, the history of like institutions, the history of churches and how they were the ones that were putting the money up for art and music to be available to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. now that ain't the case. That's not really a thing anymore. And now we're looking at venues at it and at like the audience to like put this art up. And really, the responsibility is are these spaces. And I feel like I've always been critique. I always critique the institution, like f the institution, the the jazz institution, the 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 the, the jazz school institution. But actually, the problem isn't the institution. The problem is the people that are running the institutions it's interesting because a lot of something that's been on my mind for a, for a little while is a lot of like you talk about the institution the people running the institution in terms of like the people that are getting the work done there's that mm-hmm. but that's when you look have to look at who's on the board right and who are the funders mm-hmm. and I've been trying to figure out a way like how do we ch- how do we change this like yes where it's like where's the money coming from because a lot of times you'll see you might not agree with with said programming and you'll you'll ask like why is this on on the uh on on the season or yeah yeah or on the bill and not all the time but sometimes it's because a board member or donor needs to be pleased so Yes. It's, if that's part of, that's a piece of the pie because the audience, yeah. they're also thinking about the audience. But that, that one piece that we're looking at, that means where the money is coming from has to be a black person. That's how it changes. And as black wealth grows, that the people that have black wealth need to be in those positions. Yeah. And I don't I don't see them. And if they're there, you don't see them often. So because it's like, oh, we have to do this because we have to make sure the board is happy or make sure the the donor is happy or make sure the grant like it follows grant guidelines. So like that is where it actually really needs to change in terms of the arts in particular. Yeah. And nonprofits. Well, I mean, I, I agree. I think that black money needs to be in the game but i don't think that it should it should have to be black money for the for those things to change because someone like, who has the mindset the, someone the who has mind. the mindset and and even like maybe maybe because okay i'm on meredith monk's board board right um she's like a very important avant-garde musician created her own musical language um was awarded like nobel peace prize she was awarded the the obama 
president award. She's incredible. She's getting old and like, she, we're basically just sustaining, like creating an infrastructure to, to support her for her, her, the many years that she has left on this earth, as many years as she has left on this earth, as well as preserving her legacy. And mm-hmm. yes, there are people, I'm not one of the people on the board that got money. Okay. I'm, I'm on the board because of my ideas. Decisions. My- Yes. So that's the thing. That's another thing. Like, okay, maybe there isn't black money, but there are black voices on the board and that Mm -hmm. really matters. And then also like whoever is running the board may, may also not be a money person, but they're Mm -hmm. going back to what uni was talking about their ethics and their, their job I imagine is to create an environment where the decisions that are made and where the money is going is ethical, is progressive, is diverse, is current, is present, is is listening to what the people are needing. But you know? and it sticks to the mission. And it sticks to the mission. But a lot of these people ain't got no mission. They just want to make money. That's their mission. Well, if you're on the if you're on a board, you you're supposed to be part of the mission of said institution. But I I think that I I'm really, um, I guess, hyper-focused on the money piece, though, because, and I think of, like, <laughs> um, uh, Dr. Umar, <laughs> the mm-hmm. controversial Dr. Umar, you know? Yes. Where, like, when there's a lot of white money attached to it, like, it has a bigger impact than you think. When, if there is more black money there it's going to help but like how much black wealth do you do we re- i don't have to, i don't know too many people with black, black no i don't and i don't either that's so why that's, i said I'm I, like, don't, well, what, I don't know are we chasing what what are we seeking if that's not really a thing like unfortunately. There, is, there is though we're just we're not in those circles we are not in those circles we never have been mm-hmm 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 and there they exist where they at so we need to find a slowly talk to talk to people that have that are now that my environment is starting to change they Mm -hmm. exist they exist Mm -hmm. we just jazz is not in that and it hasn't been and that's the point that i'm trying uh, to make i don't know i don't know jazz is not in there jazz is in that but that's but it's only for it was but it's mostly it's mostly white money but it's a one percent that jazz is still in that like that it's they're actually operating in a whole different like price bracket than than the average jazz musician I think it's just like the gate, like 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 um Cat Williams have been talking about, like the gatekeeping has gotten a little bit more tight. But like when you think about like Gregory Porter or or like Buble or I mean, given that Buble is a white musician, but like there are a certain number of people that I'm making that they dealing with. Yeah, it's, I know, but it's so small. It's so small, and and that and I'm. Pushing this narrative because it's too small. You need said we need to get our money up. You need said black yes. folk, let's get our money up. Period. Get your money up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for mine in the mail. What are you reading? You know, you want to share with our listeners? Yes, I'm reading a book called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." And it, you may laugh when you hear that. Be like, "Ha ha, this is BS." Da da da. But no, it actually like helps you to. It it, it gives you a starting point when it comes to personal finances, where, where you're meets you with where you're at, what you're, what you've learned from generations through your family and correcting that and just using the system so that you can build 
your own wealth and your own version of your own rich life and what that means because everyone's rich life looks different um and and making it attainable and giving you steps just to just basic things to start out so that you have a he focuses on foundation in the beginning of it i'm not done with it yet but actionable steps like separates scam from like reality mm. and all of that it's by ramit seeth sethi ramit sethi okay um, I will teach you to be rich. I'll put a link in the description. Okay. Thank no you. guilt, no excuses, no BS, just a six-week program that works. And there's a lot of testimonies in here too. So Mine is in the mail. I'm very excited to get my copy. And, um, you know, I just had an idea while you were talking about that, how it would be cool to do like a musician's book club, like a trill book club. And we can all collectively educate ourselves about making, getting our bread up because, you know, we've, we're focusing on shedding on the instrument. We're focusing on like writing our music. Mm-hmm. The last piece we, we're thinking about is like making smart money moves. Yeah. So let's solve yeah, it for each so other. Important. Yeah. Have to. It's like, it's, it's things that aren't taught in schools. But yeah. The information is there, but it's like, what is the right information? So we're going to start a list of books that we're reading. Everyone, um, what's the name of, of, of the book again, Uni? I will teach you to be rich. I will teach you to be rich. It is available on Amazon for like audiobook or whatever. You can get it in any form. Yeah. And let's read up. I'm, I have mine coming in a few days. And next episode, maybe we can like talk through some a piece of it, like do an exercise. Yeah, yeah, that could be fun. Maybe we, one day we can have him on our podcast. That would be he also so he has a Netflix special too, or oh, a co- right or now? a show. Show okay. I don't remember what the show is called, but this it he basically gets a lot. But the show is a premise where he actually puts these concepts into reality, and he works with people. And oh, I think I've seen that. It's like it's like it's like one season. Is it like seven episodes yep. and like different people each episode that he's like helping them whatever financial thing? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is really good. And I remember feeling like I took away some things already from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, word up. You word can up. apply all of those. This is like a little financial bible for you. Yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on that. Um, well, I think that comes time for us to conclude our. First episode for our second season of the New Jazz Chill Again podcast. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. It's been what about a year now? Two years now? I feel like time has passed. It's been two years now. You know, and I ran into a I ran into one of our listeners from Portland at that the panel, and we people like us, I guess. We just have to be a little more consistent. And We're working on being more consistent for you guys. And we thank you for your patience. We thank you for checking it out. Um, and, you know, let us know what you want from us. Like, let us know if there's certain things that you would like us to lean into. Um, Uni and I think that we should do more episodes like this where we're just chatting with each other and shooting the breeze. Let us know how you feel about that. But of course, we're going to have some of our favorite people joining us this season. We're, we're cooking up a special episode with Corinne Bailey Ray. <clears throat> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> 
Um, we have some back episodes that we've been sitting on that we had a great episode, um, with Jay Hoare that we're going to put out soon. One with our favorite tap percussionist, Michaela. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Michaela. Um, Hoofer, right. Hoofer. Um, so that we have that coming down the pipeline and just lots more exciting stuff. So please continue to follow us on the Instagram. Make sure you check us out on Spotify, iTunes. It's available everywhere. Um, make sure you check out uni in February at 333 lounge. Make sure you check us all out at the Trill mega jam, January 27th. And just make sure, you know, you continue to be good people filled with compassion and patience and kindness and love and get your bread up okay we're trying to make that jazz money you already know yes period <laughs> so okay so are we gonna do our outro uni uh, yeah why not okay you know remember whatever you do remember to make, make jazz, jazz trill again, again. yes, yes.